Welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our mission as a church is to win people to Jesus Christ, disciple people in Jesus Christ, and send people for Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more or partner with us, simply go to horizon.org. We hope this episode encourages you in your walk with Jesus as you continue to grow in His love and truth. Now, let's join Pastor Bob as we study God's Word together. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Grab your Bibles with me. Let's, uh, let's finish up the second chapter of uh, 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Talk a little bit about uh, being thankful today, Thanksgiving weekend, celebrate uh, communion together. This verse... It's almost like the Lord set it up because we've looked at so much in this chapter, chapter two. If you need a Bible, our ushers are here in the aisles. We'll throw it up here on the big screen as well. So uh, whatever suits you, if you're visiting, welcome. I'm Pastor Bob, the senior pastor here at the church. And uh, we've just been loving what the Lord's been doing in this series. We're looking at the end times. We're calling it eminent or eminently. It is eminently upon us, this rapture promise, this um, this thief that wants to steal and kill and destroy that's going to be overcome and, uh, and destroyed by the Lord. This, this, this end time, we are living in the days of, of, of the signs of the times. And then he says this. It's almost like he's totally set it up. Look at verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks. He just sort of like drops that right upon us in our series, in this study, on Thanksgiving weekend. This is one of the most amazing verses in all the Bible. I know you hear me say that a lot, like everywhere we're studying, but this really is. Look what it says. You just got to sort of like soak this one in, and uh, I don't know, you got some leftovers from the meal on Thursday? You still got some leftovers? Let Let me tell you something about Thanksgiving, about true Thanksgiving. I want to talk to you about true thanks today, because True thanksgiving, listen, true thanksgiving cannot be a leftover. Wow. Let's just close in prayer. That's, that's it. Can't be a left. Your, your thanksgiving unto God for all that He's done cannot be leftovers. And that, that, that mentality, that, that's a game changer. That thought right there. In fact, this is amazing. Look at this verse. We are bound to give thanks. You know what that word give thanks is? Anyone? You want? I didn't know it either. I had to look it up. Eucharist. To give thanks. Eucharisto in the Greek. You means Well. To give it well. You're like, oh, he's talking about giving. Thanksgiving. I know, but we brought friends. No. <laughs> it's about this gift of the Eucharist. It's the true thanks. It's uh, um, Christos is, is to give. Isn't that amazing? It's, so it's to give well, or it's literally to give freely, or it's where we get our word, forgive. 
So he's like talking prayer, he's talking blessing, he's talking forgiveness, he's talking thanksgiving. He's, he's talk, we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. You are loved by the Lord today. Look at this. He's not just writing to them, he's writing to us, he's writing to the bride, he's writing to the church, and you are beloved by the Lord. Beloved by, not a little. And not because you're lovable. He loves, he is in love with you this morning. In spite of you, in love with you. This should transform your life for good and forever. It should transform us and make us thankful. It should make us thankful, generous givers in light of all that he has given to us, in light of the love that he has bestowed upon us. Brethren, you are beloved by the Lord because God, look at this verse, because God from the beginning, from the beginning of what? From the beginning of today? No. From the beginning of, of, the, of, of the week? No. From the beginning of the shift? No. From the beginning of it all. You know what that word from the beginning is? Arche. Arche means origin. It means from the commencing of rule. From the commencing of of God being God. That goes back a ways, gang. From the commencing of order. From before creation. From the commencing of time and place and rank. From that early point, He chose you. He picked you. You know, like when you're lining up, we've got a lot of guys that show up over here at prep in our gym because it's the nicest gym in North County, and they play basketball, and they pick teams. It's like God picked teams before the foundation of the world and said, I choose you. And you're like, wait a minute, there's a verse that says, many are called, but few are chosen because there's a lot that aren't saying yes to his choice. He wants you on his team. He's loved you since before the foundation of the world. Chose you for salvation, the verse says, through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel. There it is. Not all roads leading to heaven. One road. It's the gospel road. He called you to himself for salvation. He's called you through sanctification. He has called you by His Spirit. Belief in the truth to which He called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Stand. He's like, I'm talking end times. I'm talking last days. I'm talking Antichrist. I'm, 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 I'm talking World War Three final days armageddon talking rapture stand he's like stand fast man the current strong the current of being unforgiving and unthankful and unloving that current is strong in these parts he's like you need to stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught whether by word or by epistle and then a blessing he gives them in verse 16. Look what he says. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope. Not just hope. Good hope. He's given us good hope by grace. 
by grace, by grace you're saved. This is all the gift of God's grace that you are loved today. May this be what you stand fast in. May this be the tradition that you hold to. And may this, verse 17, may this comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Not just words. Not just words. Words are hollow. Words aren't enough. Are you married? If you're married, you just don't want the words. You want the actions behind the words. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying not just, not just the word, but the work. The work. Every word and every work. Let me back that up. Let me back it up biblically. I love finding passages in Scripture that complement what we're studying. Have you noticed that? I just love doing that. So turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me show you how he wraps this particular book up as he's wrapping up 2 Thessalonians. He says something very similar in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now that chapter, if you remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is a lot like 1 and 2 Thessalonians in the sense that he's talking end time stuff, man. He's talking resurrection. He's talking about our hope. He's talking about the enemy being destroyed. In fact, in verse 20 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he's like, Christ is risen from the dead, man. Talk about a game changer. He's talking about the effects now of, of, of the very glorious promise that as he rose from the dead, we also will rise from the dead. That, that's why Maddie Dub is singing this song, man. The highs and the lows of it all, you should find yourself to be thankful. That's what Lewis said. Lewis said, Lewis so beautifully said, it's easy for us to give thanks when everything's going good, but some of you had a missing family member at the table on Thursday. Some of you in the midst of the hardships, in the midst of the prognosis, in the midst of the difficulty, and Lewis is saying, let's be thankful in those things as well. Maddie, do you have that quote? We ought to give thanks for all fortune. If it is good, because it's good. But if it's bad, because it works in us patience and humility and the contempt of this world and the hope of our eternal country. This is not home. And when pain hits us here, it's a great reminder that this isn't home and that death doesn't get the final word. In fact, that's what he's saying to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He's saying in verse 50, look what he says. He's like, he's, he's like flesh and blood cannot in inherit the, 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 the kingdom of God. And, 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 and then he gives to us this in verse 55. Death, where is your sting? You don't win, grave. You don't win, death. Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. This is all about what God's done. He's risen our Lord and Savior from the dead. That's how 1 Corinthians 15 begins. He becomes our hope. The risen Christ is our hope. He defeats the enemy in verse 20. He gives us a glorious body. Hallelujah. In verse 35, he, he, he proclaims to us the final episode that death doesn't win and then and then he and then he says this look what he says he says thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ you know and that would just be like an awesome crescendo and 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 climax and completion of of an amazing chapter 57 verses about all that God has done for us and then he just nails us with this look at verse 58 therefore or in other words because of all of that my beloved brethren, doesn't that sound familiar? That's, what he's, that's exactly the same spirit that he is speaking in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Beloved, you are beloved by God. Listen, my beloved brethren, be what? Steadfast. Don't 
drift. Don't quit. Don't get caught in the current of the culture. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So so that's amazing because he's like, your work matters. He's talking for 57 verses about all the work that God has done for us in Christ, rising from the, de- uh, from the dead, defeating the grave, wiping out our enemy. And then he says at the end of the chapter, and by the way, your work matters too. Your giving matters. Your loving matters. Your thankfulness matters. He's like, your work. Because you could easily conclude the end of chapter 15 in the book of 1 Corinthians by saying, wow, like all glorious glory goes to you. You've done all the heavy lifting. You've done all the work. And he has. And then he turns the tables on the whole issue and he says, and your work matters. What you do matters greatly to God. That's a mind blower. I don't know about you. That just like, really? He wants to see us thankful. He wants us Seeing every word. Remember what he said as he was wrapping things up there in chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians? He's like, every word and every work matters. Every gift, every praise, every song, every step of putting our faith and, 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 and our trust in him. Not enough just to say it. He wants to see it. And he says to us right here, he says, it's not in vain. It counts. So what we hear and what we've even heard already this morning changes who we are. It should. It should change who we are. What we hear, when we come to church, faith comes by, by hearing. And hearing of the Word of God. And hearing it, it's not to go in one ear and out the other. It's meant to, it's meant to bear fruit. It's meant to change and transform. It's meant to cause us. Church, please, I pray you'd be open to this this morning. It's meant to cause us to leave here more thankful than we arrived. True thanks. Eucharist thanks. Agape thanks. Because every word of love we've seen in these passages is not our love being transferred back and forth. It's God's love being given right back to Him and transferred to each other that every word and every work, that everything that we believe or maybe you've come today and you're like, I, I, don't, I don't know, but, but, but you're here and you're, 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 you're open to it, you see. And, 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 and now what you believe should begin to change the way you behave. So I, I, I approach every talk pretty much by asking these four questions. Here they are. We'll just throw them up there. People ask me, like even Ben Corson last weekend, we've watched this kid grow up. And he's like, how do you do it? How do you prepare? How do you do this week after week? Because he's got the shtick, man. He's got the talk of talks. He's got the book that's hot right now. He just goes around and gives that talk. i got to come up with a new one every week. And he's like, yeah, how? I I ask, okay, uh, who are we? Who are we in this passage? We are beloved. Where are we? We are in his presence since before time began. I know you don't see that on a day-to-day basis, but 
sort of like reflecting and remembering as we will sing and worship and celebrate communion. You begin to see where we are in light of what he's done. I I ask myself these questions. Who are we? Where are we? What's the problem and what's the solution? So who are we? We are the beloved. Beloved. Where are we? We're in the Lord. We're in His presence. Eternity starts now, not when you die. He's here with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. What's the problem? We slip away from that reality like every day. Some of you, you come, you, 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 you worship, you love the... I got this amazing email from a gal in the church. It's just like, Bob, when Stasi sings, I couldn't agree more. She's like, when Stasi sings, this just brought healing to my heart. And you come and you get filled up in the worship and you get taught some good truth from God's word. But sometimes before you leave the parking lot, you've leaked it out, man. You're just like <laughs> spillage. We leak. We leak something fierce. That's the problem. What's the solution? He's given it to us. Stay steadfast. Stay true to what you've been. Stay thankful. Don't get bitter. Don't get stingy. Stay true in your thanksgiving. Let me give you some thoughts on it. True thanksgiving is not just being thankful for what's happened. And it's good for us to look, to look back. And, 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 and we often do. You know, we'll just like be looking. Just, but it's also, true thanksgiving is also being thankful for what's coming. Because the best, come on. Is, is yet to come, church. Hallelujah for that. It's being thankful, yes, for what's happened, but not limiting our thanks. Because some of you are like, well, I'd be more thankful if what happened was... You need to be thankful that since before the foundation of the world, He chose you and loved you, longs to spend time with you, and is building and preparing a place for you to be with Him forever in heaven. That's true thanksgiving, not just over situationally or circumstantially what's happened or happening but what will happen true thanks of what was and what will take place heaven true thanksgiving is get this it is the displayed evidence of what is most dear. What is most dear to you? Now chances are, sadly, when we open up our checkbooks, what comes screaming back to us is the glaring reality that so much of what's dear to us is us. And that's getting caught up in the in the current of the world so that when you go around the table, as probably many of you did on Thursday, and said, well, let's just take a few moments together as a family and say what we're thankful for. And some of you are like, oh, I should have prepared. I knew they were going to ask that. I asked it last year. So let me just help you, man. What you are most Grateful for what is most dear to your heart, which should be reflected in the record of the checkbook, is, 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 is the Lord. should be most dear to you and most grateful and most thankful is your salvation in Jesus Christ. You're like, you're right, I'm ready for next year. 
thankful for for the Holy Spirit, man. You're thankful for your family, and you're thankful for the family of this church, and you're thankful for your job and for your friends. You're thankful for the material blessings that he has blessed you with. But what Lewis is saying in that quote, he's saying you're just like growing together and helping each other be thankful even in the difficult times, in the highs and in the lows. That's true thanksgiving. Because he's for you, man, and he's using all things together for good. You make some of those biscuits, you know, like biscuits over the holiday and stuff, and, and, and if you taste the ingredients in and of themselves, if you ever had like a good mouth of flour, <laughs> if you actually tasted the baking powder, taste the baking powder sometimes. You're like, just like slurp down that raw egg like you're rocky. But you put all those ingredients together, man, and you mix it. He's like, all things work together for good. And, and, and I know isolated in a silo, that baking powder is nasty and a full mouth full of just flour. No way. But put together, all things working together for good. You, you, you need to be able to say what I am most grateful for is what he is accomplishing through all of it. The true thanksgiving, get this, jot this down. If you're a note taker, just jot this down. The true thanksgiving is the fruit of the root. It's the fruit of the root. It is, it, it, is, it is actually the root that keeps you steadfast. It's the root in Christ. It's rooted and grounded in his love. It's all about love. And thanksgiving is the fruit of that root. Your, your thankfulness to the Lord your gratefulness to the Lord, your joy in the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We're to rejoice in the Lord when? When? Always, again, I say, I, I say rejoice that you are now rooted and grounded in this love and being rooted in that, the natural display visibly of being rooted in Him is thanksgiving. It is the fruit of the root. And I, I just think that's, I think that's so clutch and important to share. I, here's why. I just think a lot of us have gotten busy. We've just gotten busy. And the busyness has maybe brought around some bad habits, you know, led to some distractions. And, 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 and that's okay because you're still here. You haven't quit. But it seems there's more that we could do to really show him our, our gracious thankfulness, our gratitude for all that he has done. I, I, I think it's trendy, rather trendy, to end up taking it all for granted. There's far more people that are taking God for granted than are really giving him great thanks, even right now in, in this season of Thanksgiving, when, when we're supposed to, <laughs> let alone like all the time. I, I think it's become trendy to just take it all for granted. And that's the world, and the world has fallen, and the world is lost, and the world is self-obsessed. And so that can't be what we're rooted in. And I think sometimes we forget. We just forget how generous he's been, how gracious he's been, how, how good and how loving God has been. You say, well, I haven't. I haven't forgotten. Okay, you know what he says? Prove it. Prove you haven't forgotten that. Every word and every work tangibly being lived out in a heart of thanksgiving because church, we were not created 
for our own pleasure. We were not created for that. We were not created for ourselves. I am sorry. We were created for His praise. We got we to gotta come back to the fact that that's to be the fruit of our lives because, because what? Because that's the fruit of the root. That's the fruit of the root. So how do we give? I, I think we're to give like God displayed giving to be. Look how generous He's been. Not stingy at all. For God so loved the world Agape love, I mean bestowing upon this world love at a whole new level that He gave. His love is a giving love. Our love should be a giving love. Our love should should be at a level to the extent that we feel it when we give it. It shouldn't be leftovers. His certainly isn't. He gave His best to us. So I don't care if you're making like your home for the holidays on college break and you make five grand a year. Five grand a year and you're carrying 95 grand a debt. Welcome to college. Ketchup sandwiches. Remember, don't you? And you're like, and you want me to give? This is when Sacrificial giving becomes the habit and practice. And, and, you, and you're at that level and you're like, man, if, if, the, Lord, if, if the Lord could just you know, bless this degree and open up that career and, and, and I could just get to that level of making 50 grand. So you just like have your, your, your eyes set on the 50 grand mark. But if you haven't learned the sacrificial heart of, 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 of generous giving, of putting God first. The moment you get to that 50 grand level, I'm telling you, I just know how we are. We're all wired the same way. You're looking at the next rung on the ladder, and you might be at the 500 grand level, to which the 50 grand level folks are like, oh, if I could just. See, I think at whatever level it is, it ought to be an equal sacrifice. It's a different amount, but an equal sacrifice. So that there's an extent where we feel it as he feels it, that it leaves a mark. Our giving ought to leave a mark. That's what we love about the story of the widow's might. It's an amazing story. Not because how much she gave. That story isn't about how much she gave. What's it about? Some of the, well, it's about how she gave it. Like she isn't like, no! The offering, I hate this part of the service. No, how did she give? I mean, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So he is like, wow, oh, look at that. But it wasn't about the cheerfulness of her giving, and it wasn't about how much she gave. You know what that story's all about? That story's all about how much she kept. Because she went all in. And she's like, um, going against the flow. Swimming against the tide. 
right? So, so, so what pulls us down is what I'm, like, like, let's just get to the problem of the four questions. Like, what sort of tilts us here in the culture of North County and keeps us away from that, from, from that faithful stand and staying true to the traditions that we have been taught so that, so that our giving is notorious? And, and, I, and I just think a couple of things. I think compromise. Compromise wants, wants to... Um, spoil the fruit and sort of disengage us from the root of his love and and there's compromise and compromise has become so common so crazy how compromise has become common but i i think that our giving we ought to be putting this town on the map not because of what we have but because of what we give did you hear that I think we just turn the tables on the whole deal. And, and instead of this town being known as a town of possessions, see, that's what Elizabeth Elliot is talking about. And everybody, everybody loves what she writes, but nobody wants to be her because this is like a sacrificial life that is just poured out in thanksgiving to God over and over and over again, right? Gates of splendor. Elizabeth Elliot, you know what she says? She talks about the discipline of possessions. Like, when's enough enough? Because that will, if we're not careful, lead to very common compromises. And what's crazy about that is that it's become so common that our giving and generosity and thanksgiving is just not standing out any longer. It's just fitting in with everyone else's. See, I don't think ultimately love concedes. It can't. Your your love can't concede to the culture it needs to remain true to its conviction otherwise the love becomes powerless and what love has become what we've done to the love is we have reduced it and diluted it and now it's just about love for each other instead about love for god we will actually dis a love for god and put more emphasis on the love for each other and the love for 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 corporate greed for profit well see i would rather be open on sundays serving and loving and, 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 and being genuinely authentic than, than to piously close and yet hypocritically continue financing the other team. And that has hit the fan in the news this week. I mean, to the extent that Tony Perkins, who has preached in this pulpit a number of times, a dear friend of mine from Washington, D.C., said, and I quote, it is time for Christians to find a new favorite place for lunch. Why? Because they became chicken. And that's compromise. See, I think once you've decided who you're going to love, it is answered how you're going to live and what you're going to be thankful for. Otherwise, it kills the whole. I mean, everyone's confused. We're so confused. And, and, and then the other thing is comparing, this constant comparing that is going on because of social media. And, and the gratefulness is gone the moment that you're constantly comparing, right? Because the 15 is never enough once you're seeing sights on the 50. And the 50 is never enough when you've got now sights on the 500. The 500 is never enough when you're constantly comparing. And it kills what you're what you got, it kills what you're thankful for. You're just like, ah, the comparing has got to stop because it kills our, thank, our thankfulness. It just kills it. 
And then thirdly, I think it's, um, it's the conceitedness that is running rampant. In, that's the problem in our culture. It's just compulsive narcissism. And then it becomes, you know, the victim mentality. It was everybody else's fault, right? That just kills a thankful heart. Uh, one more? I think there's one more. Yeah, cynicism. So I would just take that list and I would say there is, there is too much commonality of, of compromise that has so lowered the bar instead of us being known for this family that is just over the top filled with generosity because of how gracious and loving God has been towards us. Common compromise, constant comparing, compulsive conceitedness, and a chronic cynicism. You know who is most cynical about Kanye West? Christians. That just can't be the case. This can't be the case. We need to be cheering our brother on. God's doing an amazing work in this guy, and if you get cynical about it, it's going to kill your thankfulness. You're like, but he's a wreck! <laughs> Read the Bible. What do you say? Read the Bible. We'll get to it in the Christmas backstory series. And you want it to be an all pretty package, like under your tree with a nice bow, all put together lives. It is not a bunch of put together lives that God chooses to use. So, you know what sort of cures all of this and brings us back to the roots so the fruit of our life can be in response to his love and gratitude and generosity. What kills the compromise and the comparisons and all of that junk is contentment. I mean continual contentment in the goodness of the Lord. Godliness with contentment is great gain. There's too many husbands that I'm meeting with that are like, oh, I just want to not in love with my wife anymore. Shut Ah. No, I'm not. I just, you know, I don't feel it anymore. Feel it? When was it a feeling? There's a commitment. Yeah, but she's changed, you know. I mean, well, how many kids do you have? Five. Okay, that changes someone. Yeah, I know, but like her figure and everything. I'm like, you did that to her figure. <laughs> Guys have not connected the dots on this. Where is this growing love through every season of life, my goodness. So, here's what radically changed my life in, the, in, this, whole, in this whole deal. Turn back to 1 Corinthians. Let me show you how he wraps that book up. And just with this emphasis on love, both in your marriage and your family and your business and your finances, just love, 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 love. And that's what we approach this table with. It's just out of loving thanks for the generous giving heart of God. And, and, and I just love how he just complements what we saw in 2 Thessalonians here in 1 Corinthians. Look at the very last chapter, chapter 16, verse 13, he says this, watch, stand fast in the faith. Doesn't that sound familiar? Be brave. Don't be a chicken. Be brave, be strong, and let all you do be done with love. He just talks about, he's, 
He talks about guys that he's going to send to them in love to encourage them, to spur them on, to hold up their arms, to fan the flame, that the love would burn brighter and brighter and, 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 and brighter until the very end. And he's like, greet everybody. Just, just kiss everybody. Holy kiss. Just like, just, just like pour it on. You've got to just be... You've got to be seeing the emotion in that. It's awesome. And then he says this, verse 22. Skip down to verse 22. Just throw them all up. Look, look, look. If anyone does not love, okay, this is crazy. This is what rocked my world. If anyone does not love, let him be accursed. What does accursed mean? Okay, huh? What? We're talking heaven or hell right now. So whoever doesn't love, let him. Modern vernacular, do you, do you mind? Let him go to hell. That's exactly what Paul says. That's the emphasis of the power of this life-changing love, the root upon which we are to be planted in. Your, your belief is the, is the trunk. He's the vine. You're the branch. And your thankfulness is the fruit. Without that love, we're on our way to an eternal separation from Him. If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be a curse. Oh, Lord, come! The grace the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all. In Christ Jesus, amen. So here's what we've done. I think that we've conveniently turned faith into belief. Because you can believe something without loving it. You can believe in God without loving Him. In fact, you know who does? The demons. They believe and tremble. They got the trembling on us. So it's not enough just to believe these truths. You got to love. That's what he means when he says to the guys, the guys are like, you know, you're throwing a lot at us. Could you boil it down? What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. With all. I think we conveniently, because of what that actually means and the cost associated with that. Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah, we've turned faith simply into a list of beliefs versus a call to love because, because, because you can believe the Bible. And not love what the Bible is calling you to now live like. You see the difference? <sighs> but if you don't love him, let him be accursed. That's, that's what he means after Peter goes through his whole process of denial. On the night that he's arrested, the night when he needs Pete to be there the most, Peter's like, I don't even know him. I, I've never met him. You have me confused, man. Right? And they're like, I don't think so. We've seen you with him. No! No, no, no! No! Cock-a-doodle-doo. Right? The rooster underlines it. And then the women come running after the disciples a few days later and go, he's alive, just like he said. He rose again from the dead. And Peter beelines it to the grave, right? Him and John are in a foot race.
and the tomb is empty. And he's like, yeah, but what do I do with this whole denial thing? I, I denied him. David denies him. I mean, David's man after God's own heart. Read the Psalms. This is like the most, it's like a schizo book, man. Is that the craziest book in the Bible? It's like on one page, oh God, I love you. You are awesome. You turn the page. Where are you? Is that not us? Is that not the full process of how our heart through his great gift of grace and patience brings us to a place of of constant thanksgiving, true thanksgiving, you see. And finally, Peter just throws up his arms and he's like, I'm going fishing. Yeah, we're going with you. And they go all the way up to Galilee. I mean, days of a hike from where it's all gone down in Jerusalem. And they catch nothing, not a minnow. And they hear this voice, this familiar voice, throw it on the other side. Deja vu, he said that before. It worked last time. They throw it on the other side. They catch more fish. And one of the guys on the boat just says, um, that sounds like the Lord, right? Remember that? Crazy story. Because Peter's fishing naked. Right? Watch the hooks. I mean, he's fishing... <laughs> And, and he gets dressed, he puts the robe on, only to do what? To do what? Jump in the water. Crazy. Jumps in the water, swims to Jesus. Jesus is like, dude, go help the guys with the catch. Go bring the boat in and bring me some of the fish that you've caught. And Jesus fixes them breakfast and then says, not once, three times to Jesus, what's, what's he say? What's Jesus say to Peter? Do you believe in me? No. Peter do you love me? Do you love me? Church at Ephesus gets a letter from Jesus. Yeah, you're doing all this stuff. Just one thing I want to point out. You've left your beliefs. Where's the love? Because that's the root and the thankfulness just needs to be the the fruit that flows from the reality that what true saving faith is, you know what it is? It's love. It's loving him with all you've got to live for. And, 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 and in love with all that he's done, with all that he's doing even right now in this room, and all that's yet to be. Amen? Would you pray with me? Lord, we just want to celebrate communion in that spirit and heart of full adoration and thankfulness. I mean, thankful gratitude for what you've done for us, Lord. So we just want right now to ask that you'd bless each person that's here with your love. Let's remind them this is fact, man. This is true. This is God's word, and it's living, and may it come alive and bear fruit in us. Lord, may the word become flesh. May we become more thankful. Make us more thankful. Help us to open up. And realizing that your return is eminent, make our thankfulness eminent. Help us not to push pause and wait for all our ducks to get in a row and wait for there to be some type of a financial breakthrough and excess. No, no. May it be sacrificial as your loving, giving, 
graciousness extended to us is. May we feel it. May it count for something. May it matter. May it leave a mark. May it change this community. May it change us. Lord, I pray it would. I pray that it would both now and forevermore. Don't want to compromise. Don't want to live our lives staring at a screen of constant, continual comparing ourselves with others. May this word of God be the plumb line. May we just break out of the mold and whatever's kind of holding us back and keeping us stingy. May it just break through for your glory, Lord, not because you need it. But because in these last days of these last minutes that are left on this planet, we want to finish well. We don't want to be filled with cynicism. We want to be filled with faith. And so may this piece of bread that represents your body that is broken for us, may, may, it bring, may it bring a healing to our hearts and cause for there to be thanksgiving that would just explode. And may this cup that represents your blood that was shed, Lord, may it just forgive us of our self-centeredness. And may it truly this morning set us free. Receive communion today. Not only remembering back to what he's done, but remembering ahead to all that that gift of gracious sacrificial love has accomplished for you for all eternity. Remember what's to come once we've all been served. We'll partake of this Thanksgiving meal together in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Thanks for joining the Horizon Church Podcast with Pastor Bob. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast channel. And if this message has blessed you, please share it either directly or on social media. If you live in the San Diego area, we'd love to have you join us at a weekend service. Or to catch our live stream, visit horizon.org live every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to learn more or partner with us, simply go to horizon.org. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll see you next time.